Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We are in a position now where it's not necessarily about development at the big league level. It's about winning ball games at the big league level. Um, we do have, as you have noted, some injured players will be returning at some point that you know, we will have to make the decision about how they fit in versus some of the younger players. And essentially on any given night, it's, it's up to Tony to take the roster that he has and put him in the best position to win. That is White Sox GM Rick Hahn. He uh, is his, the roster he gave Tony La Russa, and the manager has scribbled together lineups that have the largest lead in the AL. There's six games over Cleveland. Welcome in, welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Steve Rosenblum and Mark Rohde with you. Scores Hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Joining the show now is Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Bob, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Yeah, doing great. How about you guys? We're, we're doing good. I have my first question is what are in various in any in, in any order you want to put them, what are Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Disco Tony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, and Keg, Craig Krim, Kimbrell <laughs> worth on uh, in the trade market? Well, I think a, uh, I think Kimball might have the most value, but there's a club option on next year. For, I think it was sixteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. So where you know where Chris Bryant will be a, a rental player, uh, you know I don't I don't believe for a second that uh, Anthony Rizzo is going anywhere. Uh, you know at least staying right there. You know they'll eventually resign him. You know Baez, we'll see. Uh, you know and Trevor Story's out there too, so you know we'll see how much a. Uh, a team's willing to give bias where Story's a little bit more uh, a more consistent player, but I would go Kimball one, Bryant two as far as value. Is there have talks reopened with the Mets and Chris Bryant? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, yeah, I don't think he's been out there yet as far as a uh, shopped around. Uh, you know, after the All Star game, uh, you know, in the draft, they could be a different story. You know the uh, you know the Mets need a third baseman, so obviously they'd be interested. You know they can pick up the money; they don't care about that. And you know the beauty about 
Bryant, of course, as he can play the outfield uh, or first base. And, you know, they have a need for outfielders, too. Our guest is Bob Nightingale. He's the Odyssey MLB Insider. He's joining us here on SCORE, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, and we're talking Chicago baseball. So the the Cubs were, I they seemed caught. They played a tough schedule, but they were one of the three teams. In June, they were one of three NL teams that were above 500 against teams. They had a winning record against teams 500 or better. The Brewers were the other team and the Giants. And... And then, so now people are talking about a tough stretch, but they were beating those teams. What do you imagine Jed Hoyer knows about his team or thinks about his team, or what conclusions has he arrived at? Not that he has to make a deal now, although they have jumped out early in previous years. But what do you think he knows for sure about his team that will dictate the next move or two? Well, I, I think it's a situation where that maybe he thought realistically they were putting over their heads. Let me see if this can keep continuing. You know, we don't really have the uh, the pitching. You know, we don't have that you know true ace uh, sort of thing. And now that this has happened, you know, pretty much just over the last you know week, uh, now it's almost like reality is setting in. Uh, certainly, you know, if you're seven and a half games back, it makes your decision much much easier. Uh, you know, and I and I think. You know, they want it clearly one way or the other. Either you win the race or not. Uh, you know, it would be different if it was the rules were like a year ago where, you know, eight teams from each league were making the playoffs. But this year it's just five. And uh, the way the Brewers are playing, you know, now you start to wonder whether anybody can catch them. So I, I think in some ways it, it, it certainly makes the job easier as far as trying to decide what to do. Hey, Bob, in in – in 2021, can teams still get other clubs' top prospects? Like if the Cubs were to trade one of the big four or five, as Steve was you know, asked in the first question, what, what is the, the, the top value the Cubs could get? Yeah, not that much. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, teams just don't do that anymore. I mean, you saw what you know, Pittsburgh did when they traded for Chris Archer set that franchise back six or seven years when you're, you know, trading away uh, an awesome Meadows and glass now and a, another top prospect. And remember now you're just only talking about rental players. That's why I think yeah. Kimball will have more value. I mean, Bryant, you know, you're gonna, he's going to test the free agent market. So, you know, all you got him for is, is two months and he's gone. You know, you don't get a draft pick for him or anything else. And he's making good money too. So there's not many teams that are going to take on, uh, his contract, he's making $19 million, so, you know, divide that roughly by a half. And you know, not many teams are going to say, you know what, we want to pay $8 million over two months, and he could be gone. It's just not worth it. Our guest is Bob Nightingale, Odyssey MLB Insider. We're talking Chicago baseball and the score. So the White Sox, everybody says they need a second baseman because Nick Madrigal's out. And all they do is keep finding guys to fill in no matter who gets injured. They keep bringing up guys. It is a spectacular performance organizationally from the top down that the idea, the plan, the development, the the time to bring them up, whether it was forced or otherwise, the way the manager's using them, the way that however it has happened, it has been productive. Whoever they have brought up, it is it has worked. So the discussion about Eduardo Escobar. Um, would be a, a cheaper player. He'd be a rental. 
Adam Frazier not. You'd still have Nick Madrigal unless he's in the trade going the other way. What do you think the White Sox need or what do you think they know they need or what they don't need? I'm trying to figure out what's what's the public discussion because we're on the outside looking in or in the White Sox, maybe they say privately, we're more confident. Our system shows it's working. We're going to find a way and we're getting our good players back. Which is truer? I think they want to go for the uh, jugular here as far as, yeah, could they win the uh, division, uh, stay in pat? They could, uh, you know, with, with uh, Danny Medwick staying at second base. You know, you're going to have, I mean, you know, for the rest of the season until Madrigal goes back. Uh, you know, Escobar is just a fill-in. You know, I mean, that trade was about to go down, and then he got hurt. I mean, he's still not running well. In the White Sox know this. But, yeah, you just cost a, a fringe guy and help you offensively and uh, certainly big, big boost in the clubhouse. You know, not that they need that boost, but he's a uh, full of energy in the, in the Diamondbacks clubhouse leader. Uh, Frazier is a better player, but it's going to cost a lot more, too. Uh, you're not going to get that guy cheap. The asking price would be much higher. And I think, you know, with the, with the six-game lead they have now, they can sit around and say, you know what, let's, let's pick and choose here. If we're just going to have uh, spend money for one guy, who do we want? So, you know, that they have the uh, luxury that, to be patient now, whereas maybe, you know, 10 days ago uh, when they were going through the, through the losing streak, things start to turn, you know, little, uh, a little panic start to set in. What would the price be for Adam Frazier, and which other teams might the White Sox be competing for his services? Well, I think for him, you're, you're probably talking about one of your top five prospects. Uh, yeah, the Mets need a third baseman, too. You know, not too many teams would be uh, in the running for him. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, the Yankees. The Yankees could see, use some midfield help, but, you know, the Yankees may be out of it as it is. So, yeah, not, you know, only, only a few teams would have the interest. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But the, uh, but the, the asking price for him would be much higher than a uh, much higher than, than an Escobar. It would just cost a fringe guy. Who do you think will be the best starting pitch, biggest name starting pitcher to be traded? I don't think there's a great guy out there. Uh, you know, maybe a Berrios from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, you know, he's okay. Uh, John Gray from the Rockies. I don't, you know, if Herman Marquez of the Rockies is available, I'd say him. But he's got three years of control. I just don't see the Rockies moving him. If you do, it's going to you know, cost a lot. And, you know, when you're, when you're the White Sox position, too, it's like you spent all these years, you know, grabbing these top prospects and all that. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is just go for it and give away the farm, and then, you know, where are you next year if things turn south? So, you know, they can afford to be, uh, you know, they can afford to just hang on to their guys and say, you know what, we want a nice run here. We don't want to be a, a winner now. Well, I, I I know what you're saying, but they the Sox have a surplus, and this is the year, man. Like they may not be in position to have another chance this good at winning a World Series. So I don't know, Bob. I I would, if I were the Sox, I would consider making a bold move. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to give up everything, but they have a surplus. Yeah, no, you're right, and they, they could make a big move, uh, a bold move, you know, bigger than you know any ones we're talking about. 
I mean, obviously Escobar is not a bull move. It's just a minor thing. But, a, uh, yeah, they, they could do that and say, you know what, we're looking around here. You know, are we better than the, you know, better than the Boston Red Sox or Tampa Ray Rays? Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, the week over there, you know, are they better than the Houston Astros or Oakland A's? That remains to be seen. Uh, but it's, you know, it's so wide open this year, really in both leagues. You know, on paper, you know, maybe the Astros are, are, are the best team. Uh, but, you know, things change, and the Astros, you know, outside Greinke, you know, don't have those pitchers with the, with the experience in the postseason. Bob Nightingale is our guest here on The Score. We're talking baseball. He's the Odyssey MLB insider. The While it's not in our town, I still can't not ask about your thoughts on Shohei Otani. <laughs> this amazing thing where he has 77 home runs in his career and 149 strikeouts. That's second only to Babe Ruth, 714 and 501. And in a season in which he has pitched 10 games, any pitcher has pitched 10 games. Most home runs is a batter and 10 games pitched. 30 by Otani. In 1919, Babe Ruth hit 29. This is unbelievable. And they're only making it easier to hit baseballs now. Did, did you really expect this, Bob? What do you think of what's, and where do you think this goes? You know, it's funny when he first came o- over. Remember, every team bid on the guy, and uh, you know the Angels won out. And people thought he didn't think this kind of power. I think he thought maybe twenty home runs. And uh, but then he was always hurt and everything else, and uh, very erratic on the mound. And then, but, you know, but to put this all together uh, is, is stunning. You know, I used to think that he'd eventually have to give up uh, hitting and just become a, a, a great starter. Now I think it's the other way around. I mean, you know, it's funny. He's got 30 home runs now. They played 81 games. So he's on the same pace as Dave Ruth. Hit 60 home runs. Uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I think he'd be a uh, – and this is a team with Mike Trout. I think he's a better outfielder than Mike Trout. He's got more speed than Mike Trout. Uh, you know, more power than Mike Trout. So it's, it's phenomenal what he's done. You know, I think, you know, uh, you know as Joe Madden said the other day, when you're talking about – you know, great outfielders like Ken Griffey Jr. or Barry Bonds. You know, if this guy was playing the outfield every day, you put him in the same conversation. So I, I think it's going to be a freak show at the All-Star game. Uh, <laughs> and there's going to be six, 62 guys there, but it's going to be a one-man show. You know, can they use those juiced-up balls in the home run derby and they're playing at, you know, at Coors Field? I think, I think it's going to hit some balls. Like I said, they're not real baseballs, but they, they said they're on the home run derby. I think they'll hit balls that are 550, 560 feet there. Hey, and that's totally cool. Ju- juice them up, man, at, at the, yeah. the All-Star game. Why, why not? Is this going to, like, is it gonna is this precedent-setting, you think, in any way? Do you think there'll be more players, like young players, who will try to develop similarly, or is this sort of novelty? There's been a few. You know, McKay kid uh, out of uh, Louisville that went to Tampa. He's a two-way player. Uh, Michael Lorenzen of, of uh, Cincinnati, a two-way guy, yeah. but just not to that thing. I mean, it takes some. You know, a starting pitcher needs five days to recover, and for this guy to come out of a out of a start and then go immediately to the outfield or then DH for four straight days, that's the thing. I mean, nobody can uh, nobody can believe that this guy can you know spend time 
you know, pouring over pitching reports, pitching bullpen sessions, and taking batting practice uh, just being completely exhausted. Bob, thanks for your time. We appreciate your insight. Thanks for joining us today on The Score. Sure. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right, Bob. That, that was Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help, uh, help us all make better bets through real, proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. We, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to do What Are You Doing, Wagner? And, Mark, it will include sort of a quiz of your knowledge of cinema. Okay. So, I we'll uh, to took a quiz yesterday on the Mully and Haw show with Haw, and I, I got like a C plus, and it was Bears, so I'm really nervous about this. And two quizzes in two days, if I underperform yeah, again this is going to be a pop, horrible holiday for me pop quizzes well it'll make you feel better that um yukon is now um part of saturday suckage in a way similar to the way that brian cashman is so we'll mm. recap that and uh after this break saturday suckage we suck so you don't have to because we're pleasers not teasers it's that's what makes us great americans on this fourth yeah. of july weekend yeah Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I don't know. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. To Don. Whatcha? Oh, oh, what are you doing? He threw him out of the ball game. you got to be beeping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? What are you doing indeed? Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, our near award-winning segment, What Are You Doing, Wegner? Uh, I want to let you know that uh, later on this hour, we will bring you the Jake Berger interview that Inside the Clubhouse hosts <clears throat> Bruce Levine and David Haw did with oh. the uh, new White Sox star, just the, the best story going in baseball. And then after that, at 2 p.m. on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, this here radio station, it's Down the Line with Cody Decker, presented by Circa Sportsbook Las Vegas. But in this version, this edition of What Are You Doing, Wagner, uh, 28 years ago Thursday, Mark, the release mm-hmm. of the movie A League of Their Own. Okay. That's when it came out. It became the biggest selling baseball movie, the number one selling baseball movie the top grossing movie and the obvious reason is it was a baseball movie when tickets cost more than they did when the pride of the yankees for instance was was released so a league of their own has um accounted for grossed at a hundred and seven thousand five hundred thirty three dollars nine twenty eight that was the biggest movie of all time at, and number two is 42. Mm. And, and again, movie movies cost more. So that gave us, that left us, this classic line. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. There you go. <laughs> Until classic. We get to the Tom Hanks. 
Yeah, until we get the Jake Berger thing. So that line, <laughs> there's no crying in baseball, landed at number 54 on the list of the greatest movie quotes, 100 years and 100 movies, as compiled several years ago by the American Film Institute. Number 54. Right oh behind God. Animal Crackers, Groucho Marx saying, one morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got into my pajamas, I don't know. <laughs> and one spot ahead of Diane Keaton's Annie Hall line, la-di-da. So, can you name the top five movie lines of all time as determined by the American Film Institute? A hundred years and a hundred films. That's in a hundred movie quotes. Wow. Um, yeah. I I'll start with, you switch the samples, right? <laughs> and then I would say two is, unlock me. And then three is, you find this man. You find this so, man. <laughs> yeah. And then three is... You're damn right I ordered the code red. Um, yeah. But I guess the, those probably aren't in the, the top. I would say it's probably like Humphrey Bogart, right? Like all the, what is it, all the bars and gin stands in America. You know, you have the right movie. That's, uh, yeah. Casablanca, have, is it? Uh, yeah. Um, Theo Epstein's grandfather and grand great uncle, yeah. Of all the gin joints in all the world, she's got to walk into mine. There were yeah. millions of lines in that, the great lines that the the. Here's FC looking at family. you. Is that it? Here's looking at you. Exactly. That's number five. Here's looking at okay. you, kid. Okay. And I, I always right. I always favor two others. One was I'm shocked, shocked. There's gambling going on in here, which is followed by, here are your winnings, Inspector Renault. Well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Let's see. The, Let me try another the, one. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You yeah, no, no, no. I, I and the other one from, um, from Casablanca that mm -hmm. is the closing is the closing line. One maybe the greatest closing line in any movie. This could be the Louis. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship, which yeah. followed round up the usual suspects, which also made the list. But that was number five, so that was good. You had Casablanca. You had the right movie. Here's looking at you, kid. All right. I'm assuming there's some other classics in there, like. How about that one movie where the guy is outside of the house and he's yelling, Stella? Stella! Is that, that there? Is, that's on the list, but not in the top five. Hmm, okay. That, yeah, Streetcar Named Desire. That's, that's How about in Pulp Fiction when John Travolta says, I got to know what a $5 shake tastes like? Um, no. No, didn't make the list. Um. Yeah. The closest you got was Goldfinger, a martini, shaken, not stirred. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's top five? That's No, that's number 90. That's not there. Number 90. Okay. Yeah, but that was close 90. on mine. This is a really difficult <laughs> yeah. drill. It is. So and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it either. And I would yeah. not have had... Number one, according to uh -huh. the American Film Institute, is... Um, oh, and, and you know what? The Caneville gal who texted in, I wanted to look at this um, first. Caneville gal came up with, we're going to need a bigger boat. And that's on the <laughs> list. That's, yeah. That's, you, you go, girl. Round up the usual suspects, somebody else suggested. And the um, 
773 suggested I'll have what she's having. That's got to be <laughs> there. Is, and the 815 got it, got the start of it, but not the line cited by AFI. 815 says, frankly, Scarlet, you know what follows that, Mark? Oh, I don't give a damn, right? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, that was number How about one, from a 312, show me the money. That's got to be on the top yeah. 100. Yes, and uh, two, two lines from that, you had me at hello. Oh, yeah. Jerry Maguire. Yes. You number two yes. mm-hmm. Number two is I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, of course. Yeah. According to AFI again. So number yeah. three, mm-hmm. you don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. <laughs> yeah. I could have been somebody instead of yeah. a bum, which is what I am. Again... Marlon Brando, but in a whole different world. Marlon Brando on the waterfront. That's what that's from. Not I'm going to make an offer he can't refuse. Marlon Brando, two of the top three movie lines. Number How four, about you... uh, Dumb and Dumber? How's your burger? <laughs> your Jake burger? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it was fitting. The number four line, according to AFI, Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, classic. classic. And you had number five. Here's looking at you, kid. So let me ask you about this, because number six, according to FI, is go ahead, make my day. Mm-hmm. Okay, Clint Eastwood. Now, I think it's not as good as what they've listed at number 51, which is you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, uh-huh. do you, punk? Yeah. I think that's better. I have that higher. Yeah, I, I probably would, too. I, I would, too. Um, how about in a, a Few Good Men when the Jack Nicholson character says, yeah, but you got to ask nicely. You got to ask nicely. <laughs> well, let me see if it's here. I don't know. I haven't yeah. memorized this as an odd way. We There's got to be some few good men lines in there. I would imagine, like that whole court and court scene is just deluxe, Gonzo. Um, let me let me see, cause I'm not. You're damn right. I ordered the code red. I'd be very surprised. You just weakened the country today, soldier. You can't uh, handle the truth. You can't number, handle the truth. Number yes. twenty-nine. Right. And I and and the. The one above it is play it again, Sam. Play. How about as time goes by? How about in The Shining? Here's Johnny. That's a really good. Yo, Adrian. I'm not it. gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your freaking brains in. There's that. <laughs> Number one, sixty-eight. Too. Number yeah. sixty-eight. Right above. Which one? They're here. Oh, Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Johnny. And of all the gin joints in all the world, is number sixty-seven. Right up. Uh, Right above it. Um, That's fun. I like this yeah. list. This is good. Yeah, it, it's 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 quite the and the, the the movie lines are worth arguing over. You can you can do that. You can yeah. You can and I um, some movies I hadn't seen. That's why I didn't get the top five list and and I never would have never would have gotten like number seventeen is Rosebud, which is one word one line. And it's the mystery around which Citizen Kane revolves. It comes, starts, comes back to it, and you get the whole thing. I don't know. I didn't think there was a, that great of a line, but it, it was a really good story. 
great numbers. text one says, uh, taxi driver, you talking to me from the 630? Yeah. That's got to be in the top Oh, uh, yeah, it's on there. It's on there. Yeah, I did the, not hit her. It's not true. It's I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> is that one in there? <laughs> oh, hi, Mark is not there. No. Oh, hi, Mark. No, no it's not. I love it's not one. there. Uh, uh, number 21. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans oh, and a nice yeah. Chianti. Now we're talking. Yeah. So Sounds of the are, lambs, if you don't know. And they, yeah, and they are, the, the lines are indeed, they're, they're terrific. Hasta la vista, baby, at number 76. But here's yep. the, here, because it, it recurred and recurred and recurred, that it is really a good line, and we've used it before. Striker, surely you can't be serious. <laughs> and the response is great, too, right? Yeah. yeah. I am, uh, and don't call me Shirley. All right. And number 82 is Toga. Toga. Oh, yeah. Animal House. And we had it brought up earlier. You're going to need a bigger boat. That was number 35 from Jones. How about any of the, the from Airplane, any of the the pilot to Johnny question? You ever seen a grown man naked? You ever <laughs> you like to hang, hang out in the locker room after the big game? Well, they're try, they, they don't always limit it to one line. Um, but yeah. it, but it, it it should be that because right in the yeah. they they say great movie lines and and number three has a whole bunch of lines of of Marlon Brando could have been a contender but um, the I thought the best one was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar pulling the little kid he tell your dad to drag Lanier and Walton up the court for forty eight minutes <laughs> that was great. so so in in another movie related anniversary <laughs> excuse me. So tight. That's all right. We don't have the same. Oh. Yeah. There we go. My uh, um, cough button is not working. I'm sorry. No, it is not. Neither is your sneeze button. All right. No. Um, Mike Rankin. I asked Mike Rankin this question. Yeah, maybe no. he knows. Maybe he knows why. Uh, 116 years ago Wednesday, Moonlight Graham got his game. Who's Moonlight Graham, Mike Rankin? Uh, see, you're going to put me in front of everyone, Steve. You're going to do this to me? I told you I would. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Mark? Wait, what's Moon, the question? Moonlight Graham got his game in 1905. It was 116 oh, it's, years uh, ago Wednesday. It's, it's the baseball movie. Um, <laughs> it's uh, with uh, with Darth Vader and all. Um, <laughs> exactly right. Field of Dreams. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're doing the that thing, right? In the you know in August or something, the White Sox and all that. Yeah, Field of Dreams and Darth Vader. That's, yeah. Yeah, Rankin, the White Sox like, fan yeah, you right, are. Right. You, sh- you should have been a little bit more familiar, sir. But it was this Wednesday. Moonlight Graham got his game. He showed up and didn't get to bat, and that was it. And then Burt Lancaster became a doctor to save the choking little girl. And and it was, the, that was... That was the anniversary. And then they started playing catch with right on the field with the father, right? Nice, Mike. They have a catch. They, yeah, that's they it. They have a catch, which is the East Coast. It's just an East Coast thing, and it's so horrible. Yeah, um, that is stupid. Right. You're, you're supposed to say that like Beavis or Butthead, right? It's uh, stupid. The East Coast is stupid. stupid. Oh, there yeah. You go. So, so that's it. When Mike asked... Who Moonlight Graham was and didn't know where it came from, I thought, oh my God. 
this really does suck. This is really <laughs> you see the top. This is really the, the chasm in the cultural zeitgeist of of our producer. It's like, and it's not even an old thing. It's just not. Yeah. It's just that's a classic movie. Uh, yeah, I would I would think that Mike would have known just because of his white socksness, like just because of the the Field of Dreams thing. Like that's yeah, you got hey, yeah. if you're going to be the white socks guy, you well, got Yeah, no, know I'll the take responsibility for that. But, you know, we have Cody Decker down the line with Cody Decker coming up and he makes a really good point about how bad that movie is. So maybe one of these days if we could talk to him, he could give you his opinion on Field of Dreams and I, I will default need- to him as that like that's my opinion now, right? Like I, you know, I'm kind of familiar with the movie, not enough to know what you guys are talking about, but whatever he says about it, I'm on board just based on this conversation. I don't need to hear his bad take. I know whether I like a movie or not, and I cry. Yeah, at that's, that an, movie. that's in I irresponsible. That movie. Take. I'm a father who played catch with his son. Well, I, I, I my father and movie. I played plenty of ball. Plenty of catch. We had plenty of catches, right? But yeah, you haven't seen plenty of movies. Apparently, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um, I do like the person who from the from the eight one five who says, "Get these mother bleeping snakes off this mother bleeping plane." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice so, job, anyways, one last part of Wagner before we um, before we uh, get set to replay the Jake Berger interview. This. We have another member of the of Saturday Suckage Club. Um, the Athletic had reported that Gino Oriema is now navigating the uh, name image likeness issues with his players. Mm. Right, the NCAA is new; they have changed. So yes. he's got he has a UConn star who's going to capitalize, and he asked Paige Bukers. You know what makes this go away? She goes, yeah, if I suck. I said, correct. <laughs> so we have new joining Brian Cashman today. Uh, I also know that we show. suck right now, as bad as yeah. Yeah. you can be. That's it. Brian Cashman, now Gino Oriema and his new star. Yeah, if I suck. I said, correct. So that's wow. good. We're, we're gaining awesome. momentum. We're gaining steam. You know what we're doing? We're gaining momentum into our five-hour show, which will not be tomorrow, but the next day. Right. We will take a break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, Monday's Suckathon. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. All right. Well, see you later. Number eight. Number 98, Mark. Nobody puts baby in the corner. There you go. 98 on the list. And yes, Texter, the no Texter, I'm sorry, that the I amuse you, I amuse you how, I'm funny how, that is not on the list. Sorry. That's a little surprising. Did That's not make surprising. the American Film Institute list of 100 great movie quotes. But yeah, but it gives you something to talk about, something to argue about. Uh, we will, Mark, we're doing a suckathon on Monday, 7 a.m., be there. 7 yeah, five-hour show. So be be ready. Yeah, be ready. We'll have Trash Panda back from officiating a wedding. Oh my God! Somebody Trash Panda is marrying two people. Oh my God! And I have a I have something from from you and David Haw talking about country music that I think will be uproarious and and merriment and hijinks to follow and all kinds of stuff that was spawned by one of the most famous sports teams ever. 
So we'll do that, and we'll Great. talk about why the, why the Cubs suck and why the White Sox don't. And the 630 texture, you guys are national treasures. Thank you for keeping us entertained over the holiday weekend. Look, we suck so you don't have to. It's our, right? Mark, yeah. we're, we're pleasers, not teasers. Exactly. And Steve, will you be watching any firecracker shows tonight? Will you be partaking in any gluttony this weekend? Or is this is this the highlight of your weekend right here? What just happened? I, this, working with you is always the highlight. Although I would I'm, expect I'm, so, yeah. Yes, that is it. And looking forward to Monday and staying safe from people who are who want to throw fireworks at you and put a hole in yeah. your head. I don't want to be I'm not gonna be JPP. I'm not doing that. So we we will beg off this and we will leave you with a Jake Berger interview done with inside the clubhouse hosts Bruce Levine and David Haw. After that will be Cody Decker. It's down the line with Cody Decker, presented by Circus Sports Book Las Vegas, and we'll be back on Monday, 7 a.m., part of the, the holiday suckathon. We thank you for listening. Thank Mike Rankin for not knowing anything. And um, and here's the <laughs> inside. I mean, he didn't. He didn't know Moonlight Grand. I know. He had one sad. one opportunity, and he blew it, you know? I'm, so, I'm sad. Thanks, guys. He's just yeah, trying yeah. to. I'm going to make you feel good going into your weekend, Mike. He's trying to outsuck. <laughs> Trash Panda, but I don't think that's possible. So he wants the gig. Wow. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for texting, for being wrong about what movie lines. Oh, 608 texture. You're right. I'm walking here. That is on the list. Ratso Rizzo and Midnight. I'm walking here. Ratso Rizzo and Midnight Cowboy. And so the American treasures known as Steve Rosenblum and Mark Rohde will be leaving you now. Thanks for listening. Bye. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Obviously, I played with him in 2017. We we did everything together because we, we, we roomed together. We went to low A together, um, flew together everywhere, and you know, to see him go through what he went through from 2017 to now is um, it's it's pretty spectacular to see where he is right now because he's been through a lot and you know tons of up and downs, more downs than up. But you know, this season to see him start out and you know in the beginning of the season it started like a it's it's good to be back, it's fun to be playing baseball, and then you kind of saw that shift in the season where it was like, man, you know, I can do this, I can be a big leaguer again. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 674. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Gavin Sheets talking fondly about his teammate Jake Berger, who he has come up through the White Sox system with, and who wasn't happy for Jake Berger last watching him come through, get his first major league hit, hear the emotion in his voice post game. And let's go out to the guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook and that is where we find the man of the moment jake Berger. good morning congratulations jake good morning thank you so much thanks for having me how'd you sleep last night i slept like a baby you know uh the night before <laughs> I, I couldn't get any sleep and then uh finally came off the adrenaline high a little bit and uh went to bed <laughs> jake uh We'll, we'll talk about your first hits and we'll talk about your first experience, but I want to know that feeling, that sensation, that thought process when you first stepped into the batter's box for your first at bat. What's going through your mind? How do you block out all the emotion and get through that at bat and, and do what you end up doing? <laughs> 
Uh, honestly, it was just breathe. Um, you know, Steve Finley, um, I talk with him a lot, and uh, he's like, make sure you, you take, like, as many deep breaths as you can. That's what everybody else is telling me. So uh, that's kind of how I get, like, got outside of the emotions and just uh, play baseball. But, you know, I, you step into the box, and there's nothing like it. I mean, legs are jello, and, um, you know, you, you can't really feel your body. Um and so I definitely wanted to take a pitch just to, like, feel the moment for a sec. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was – there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that feeling. So, Jake, when you when you have the success that you had last night and everybody kind of starts to learn more about your story, people are amazed that it's hard enough to come back from one major injury in an athlete's career, but you did it twice. You did it twice, and to have two Achilles injuries to the extent that they were – you know, set you back. And how would you describe how the journey was and what was the most difficult part to overcome? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, it's a struggle. And mentally, uh, I think it's harder than the physical side of it. Um, you know, constantly not sure if you're ever going to play baseball again. Uh, I'm not sure if you're ever going to step on a field again. And so, um, you know, I think that's probably the hardest part, seeing all your friends have success and you're really happy for them, but you just don't know if you're going to get back to playing with them. So uh, that's definitely the hardest part. And uh, it was a long journey, but I'm happy I went through it. You uh, mentioned, and, and by, the, by the way, Jason Benetti, uh, the great Sox broadcaster, asked you some really – uh, good questions in the post game, and you mentioned the support you got from your parents and how they were there for you, and how they said don't give up uh, and taught you that. How much of of that, you know, having breakfast with them and the rest of the family today, uh, were you appreciative of where you come from and who you are? No, I I give everything to my parents. Um, you know, they they help me get through those tough times. If it wasn't for them, I probably would have quit. Um, so, you know, I, I got to give everything to them and for constantly believing in me and constantly just supporting me and seeing my talent for what it is. So, um, you know, you lose sight of that when you're hurt. Um, so just like having that, that whole moment with them was really special. So t- who was there last night and how far of a trip did they have to make and how did, how much of a scramble was it to get the right tickets? And there's that other element besides just focus on the fact, okay, I'm playing third base tonight, but I would imagine that those are some pleasant distractions to have to deal with. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, my, my mom, dad, and sister uh, came. So just my direct family. And I think it's like an eight hour drive from St. Louis. So not too bad. And uh, I got the tickets for them and they're, I, <laughs> I I still know like they're they're excited for tonight even you know it's just like they, they saw what I went through firsthand and so um, it's just it's cool to share that with them. When you got the word in the minor leagues that they were going to start playing you at second base, how excited did you get? How nervous did you get knowing that you're a third baseman? They're thinking, well, we need we have a need at second base. We're we're, we're, we're thinking about uh, watching him see how he does there. And, and what was that, what was that transition like? I mean, how difficult was all of that to uh, mentally absorb and then physically go do? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too hard because it's an infield spot. I think, I think if you go out to the outfield, it's a little different, but um, you know, you get a little more time at second base and uh 
I don't know. It's just uh, it it was cool that you know they're trying to work me out at different positions. You know that's always uh, a good sign. So um, you know that that made me feel pretty good. Um, and how were you on with your back to the? How were you with your back to the uh, first baseman making that uh, pivot? How hard was that? Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little different. Um, you know, it's uh, you're used to your momentum going towards first base at third, and um, you know, at second is a little different. So uh, just kind of feeling that out definitely. Uh, so it's interesting for sure. Talking with Jake Berger, the White Sox third baseman who had his first major league hit last night in Detroit against the Tigers here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score with Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw. Jake, so it's 2011. You're a kid growing up in St. Louis. You're at the World Series Game 6. Tony La Russa is the manager of that Cardinals team. Tony La Russa, the Hall of Famer. And now now he's the guy putting your name in the lineup card. When you walked into the clubhouse last night, when you were in the dugout, did you have a pinch me, uh, is this real moment when you looked over and you saw Tony La Russa as your manager? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was special. It was really cool to have that experience with him, and uh, I still haven't talked to him about Game Six, but I'm going to at some point. Um, <laughs> but you know, at, at this point, we're just we're focused on winning games for the White Sox. So um, you know that it, it makes it simple, just just doing that. Jake, there's a lot of White Sox pride going on at the major league level, and I imagine at your level where you just came from as well, with so many players. Uh, being drafted, signed, drafted, and now playing at the major league level, coming through the system. Is it noticeable when you have conversations with guys that were uh, with you in the minor leagues that, uh, hey, uh, we're, not only, uh, we're not only having a chance to play in the major leagues, but something really special may be happening here in this, this clubhouse, in this organization? Yeah, no, it's really it's really cool. Um, just having that experience with with the guys that you come up with and the younger guys in the clubhouse, and just you know being a part of a pennant race, it's it's always always exciting. But um, hey, guys, I gotta I gotta cut it short. Sure. Um, Super Joe's telling me to go outside, take some ground balls. So uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank. Can't Best of luck for joining us. That. Yeah, Jake, yeah. Thanks congratulations. for us. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.